Welcome to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nicole, and I love helping millennial women make quantum leaps in personal change. And to that end, what I did was ask some of my mastermind members for interviews, anyone who would be interested in doing an interview on career change. Jay Nicole Johnson, founder of One for Living, was one of the first ones to respond. I absolutely appreciated hearing her journey on switching up her careers and listening to her redefine success for herself. If you're interested in making a career change, definitely check out the special episode where I interview her here. Hey there, Jay. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. I want to say a big thank you for just making the time. I know it's hard to, or some people, it can be really hard for them to put plug in an interview for a podcast um, in the middle of the day on a Monday at that. So I just want to say a huge thank you for that. Um, I'm pretty excited to, for you to share your journey with us. I, I am too. Once I heard the topic about career change, I knew I had to figure out, out a way to connect with you because I feel like at one point in time, changing careers was my career. <laughs> I like that. I like that. With that said, like, go ahead and segue and give us an introduction to who you are and what you do. And so people can hear about why you're significant to being a part of, uh, you know, the podcast, She Ventures podcast. Okay. Uh, so I currently have my own company, One for Living, and we're about actualizing the life you desire instead of the life you were told to have. And through that, we do some work with kids, but there's also this big component of working with adults and just figuring out this thing called adulthood. It doesn't look like what our parents told us it was going to look like, and it definitely doesn't look like what it looked like for them. So, you know, we have to not be afraid to figure it out and define it for ourselves, but that's one of the scariest things in the world, to be different than everyone else or to not do what your parents taught you, even though you're like 35 you still seek that parental appointment. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very much into helping people just not be afraid to live their life out loud. If you're struggling, just say I'm struggling. You'll probably get five friends to raise their hand and be like, I am too, girl. <laughs> um, it's so true. And also empower our kids because we're at that age where we're having our own children and everything yeah. to not be afraid to be different and define things for themselves because with how quickly the world is changing now, by the time they're our age, you know, we may very well have those flying cars from back to the future. And so we teach them to stay grounded. They're going to be lost. Yeah. You know, it's so um, funny. You talked about uh, flying cars. I mean, the automated cars is, it's already been in development and it's, it's happening. Like automated cars are a, an actual thing right now. So it's funny that you mentioned the changing times and how important it is for, our children in the next generation, our generation first, but then the next generation being able to think autonomously on how they're going to navigate their lives. So yeah, that's so true. Um, I want to start by asking, and this is something I ask everyone that's kind of navigated career change. And also because you're an entrepreneur, um, the first question I want to ask is, 
Have you ever had your own extra nervous moment in navigating career change? And what was that? Can you tell us the story? Can you tell us what you experienced? Uh, it's yes, I can. So I remember, um, I used to work for the state. And so I had a real good government job, as they say, with great benefits and a pension. And, you know, pensions are really hard to come by these days. But <laughs> I, I had a great job for all intents and purposes. Um, and my mom was a school teacher for 30 years, retired. She had a pension. Uh, my uncle, who's more like a father to me, he has this great job where he gets a pension. And so anytime I sought career advice from them, that was kind of where they directed me. Mm-hmm. And I, I slowly felt myself like dying at this state job. You know, I just was dreading going to work, giving myself morning pet talks. Like, I love my job. It helps me travel and it pays the rent in the car. Oh my gosh. And I had a Mm-hmm. I had a went to a vision board party that a girlfriend of mine had and I'm telling I'm making my vision board with all my entrepreneur stuff and one of her friends who I had just met that day said, Oh, so you know, when are you gonna start doing all this? And I was like, Oh and, and like the light just sucked out of me. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, well, you know, I'm gonna get vested at my job before I go one hundred percent entrepreneur. Cause I have a pension and you know, it'll help me with retirement. And I started like just parroting all the things my mom, my uncle had said to me Wow. and she was just like, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, it's the smart decision. And so then she said, well, how long do you have? And I told her the amount of time I had left to the day. And mind you, I had years, months and days left, but I had it down to the day. And she just looked at me and said, are you sure you're going to be able to hold on that long? And in that moment, I started, I knew, like, I'm not going to be able to hold on for that long. But I could not figure out how I was going to be able to tell my mom, or my uncle for that matter, that I quit that job. And I think to this day, I've never expressly told my uncle I quit. It's just kind (laughs) of, like, blurred. and I don't give you details about work anymore. Um, That is such I just give you some, oh, work is work. It's, you know, there's always something to do. And I think he's he's, he's caught on by now and he's waiting for me to say something. But I'm just like, I don't, as as much of an adult as I am, there's still this nervousness about the expectation that I'm supposed to fulfill and knowing that my stability is... um, it causes unrest to those who love me and are close to me. Yeah. And most see the stability in my entrepreneurship. Say that one more time. Say that last line one more time. They don't see the stability in my entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's big. I find similarly, I think there was a, at least 50% of my nervousness and anxiety with making any changes in my career was holding on and almost overvaluing, overestimating, almost idolizing my parents' approval, right? So it's like anything that I did, I wanted to ensure that their pride was going to be for me, their approval was going to be there, that they thought it was the best thing ever. But it it came a point just similar to yours without going into detail, because I definitely want to center this around your story. There came a point where I had to break away from like, feeding off of their approval and thinking that they knew better than I did what was good for me 
and what opportunities were really the, the, the opportunities of my <clears throat> moment, my generation. So I, I completely vibe with that. I, I completely relate to that. So do this. Could you describe? Like I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. And like I said, I have made a career on changing careers. Yeah. So to finally be this point where they saw stability and they felt like I was going to be okay. I felt like I had achieved something, but I was miserable. Miserable. So this is a good point. This is a perfect point to segue into my next question. Do you think, even as like an expert career changer by default, (laughs) do you think there are classic or universal symptoms of being career frustrated? Like what would they be? And maybe do you think there are classic symptoms of being career frustrated? Like they're, they're, they're just, it's common to anyone going through the same thing? Um, I think so. And so I'm actually a counselor by profession. So I've actually uh, yeah. done a little bit in career counseling. Yeah. And there seems to be this consistency across spectrums of I hate my coworkers and it's not all. And and then it's like, you change jobs and you hate those coworkers too. (laughs) And so it's not so much that you like the people that you work with is that they are the embodiment of the job that you dread going to. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I've also seen just, a a burnout. You know, unfortunately, we kind of live in a society that the people who do good work, they get piled on. And the people who don't get do good work, um, who don't do good work, they get less, but the same paycheck. Yeah. I don't understand it. Um, Then there's this burnout, whether it's specifically that job or... um, especially like in my profession where you're dealing with the emotions of people. Sometimes if you're not taking enough self-care yourself, then that burns, you know, you, yeah. you get too overwhelmed taking care of other people. And that's actually something classic across all careers Yeah, that, that, that self-care component, you know, there are people who are like, Oh, I never take a day off. I got so much time. I'm gonna lose time at the end of the year. That is not a good, that is not a healthy way to live because that means that you are not taking time for yourself to recharge and rejuvenate yourself whether you're an architect whether you're a police officer whether you know you're the man on the moon you got to take even the moon goes away for a little while to get some sunshine and then come back and shine right yeah yeah I love that. I even like that moon analogy. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think that that you're onto something. I think that burnout needs to be discussed more um, when it comes to millennials who are so apt on, right? I think there. I think there's a definite a definite phase in the young professional millennial specifically to grind and to work hard and to prove how much their schooling, their support, all of the education they've received was not for naught. And like it, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it they made something of themselves. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree. And it's, kind of the, it's kind of the culture that we live in too, with this Very. immediate gratification. You're, you're idealized for never sleeping. Like, Oh, I got four hours. Sleep yeah. Last night. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I get seven hours. I need all seven of these hours of sleep so that I cannot snack on somebody tomorrow. Um, <laughs> But then also, especially as an entrepreneur, there's this idea that as an entrepreneur, 
my whole life I eat, breathe my my business. And for me, I can't eat, breathe, and sleep my business because then I'm gonna hate my business. Yes, yes. And so very, I, very I really true. try to structure what I do so that okay. Yeah, I have the freedom now where I can run to the doctor in the middle of the day, but I'm going to put those hours in somewhere else. Or maybe I just only put in four hours on my business that day because if I was working for someone else, I would take those four hours of sick time and take care of myself and make sure that I was okay. Yes. And that's not to say that some days if I'm gearing up for something, I might put in more time. But you, this this idea of running ourselves into the ground is just, yeah. it's not a healthy thing. And I think that's it's not specifically for changing careers. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's really not. The, Go ahead. Sorry. That's all right. Specifically for the changing careers idea, um, there are some places that will guilt you for not putting in 50, 60 hours or will guilt you for taking day off if you're sick. Um, and so maybe it's just a matter of finding a company that has the right fit for you. Yeah. And so that might be a career that that's not so much a career shift as a job shift. And so, especially where the known is comfortable, if you've been at the same job for the last three, four years, it's time to make a shift one because studies have shown that if you stay at a job for more than three years, you start losing money because they hire new people and pay them more money than the people who have stayed for a period of time. But also there's a different skill set that'll be developed somewhere else. And so maybe you need to just find a different place to grow and flourish. If your values, what you hold dear is not being held at a high state. Right. No, that's that's really good stats right there. Here, I want to make a quick pivot though, because I know you just mentioned a little bit about how you uh, navigate and how you manage yourself with your business. Tell us about your entrepreneurship journey, because obviously you went from working at a government job, you know, wanting your parents' approval with that and and, and enjoying the stability, to starting one for living, right? Yes. Tell us about that. Uh, so I remember being no more than 10 years old, probably like eight. And I told my mom that I was going to grow up and be a fashion designer and a hairstylist and a dancer. <laughs> and I was going to take all of this and be, I was going to be Janet Jackson's backup dancer, her hairdresser <laughs> and design her clothes for her tour. Wow. And I remember my mom telling me, no, you're going to go to college because you're not going to make money doing that. And for the longest time that just stuck with me. Even when I was a senior in high school, I actually only needed two classes to yeah. graduate my senior year. And so I told my mom, well, I want to go to beauty school because they had this option at my school that you could go to school part-time and then go take a trade part-time if you were a junior or a senior and you would still have enough credits to graduate. And I said, no, you're going to college. Right. Um, so I graduated, I went to college, I bumbled around from job to job, and everywhere, every now and then I would get this idea for a job, either to be a personal assistant, because I was a personal assistant for one person, Yeah. and then when I left there, I said, hey, this is like a service that a lot of people need, but they can't afford to hire someone full-time to do this, this would be a great business, and I'm like, you need to get a job, you need benefits, okay, 
So I bumble around a little bit more. Then I get this idea to start a company organizing for people, whether it's I organize your schedule. You know, think about having to be on hold for your doctor to schedule a doctor's appointment in two weeks. I can do that for you. Or we'll come and organize your closet or your garage or a party. Just organize whatever you need. Organize your life. And mom's like, you need to get a job with benefits. Ah, uh, uh-huh. And so I was steadily trying to get this job with benefits and I lied to you not I've only had maybe two or three jobs for more than a year because if I hated it I just no I'm not doing this anymore I I needed something that was going to fulfill me and these jobs were it um so eventually I got to the point where I was at my my state job I was making good money I was traveling I had great benefits that I didn't have to pay for contributing Mm -hmm. to a pension and I was miserable, and I literally sat in my office one day and said, God, can't you let these people fire me? Like, they don't want me here, and I hate being here. And two weeks later, I got fired. Wow. Not even two weeks later, I got fired. Wow. And um, and I remember, because it was around the time of our yearly evaluations, and so I knew I was going to get my yearly evaluation, and I said to my mom, I think they're going to fire me. She's like, no, you know, they probably just want to talk to you. It's just yearly evaluation time. And I said, no, I, I think, I really think I'm going to get fired. Okay. And, and that's what happened. And I hit the ground running with my business and have not looked back. Within a, within a month, I had... Um, Three clients signed on for the uh, children's part of my business, which gave me some time to figure things out. I, I already had an, a part-time job that I had quit. It was a job I had before the state job, and I just kept working there part-time. So, you know, through the growth of my business and my part-time job um, and just whatever other side hustles came up, I, I've just, you know, I was able to sustain myself and really build something and... I'm, I'm not looking back. And how long have you, and like, I, what, what phase of business are you in right now? Like, what phase of your entrepreneurship, your startup? Um, how long so have I'm you been? I'm still in my first year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm still in my first year. Um, but interestingly enough, as the idea for my business, it started in September 2014. Yeah. And I got a little bit of traction. And I had friends who would say, oh, can you come speak here? Oh, can you teach this here and so I still had these one-off opportunities that I was doing and I finally had a friend sit me down and was like you need to make money off of this you're doing these favors for your friends and it's great but this is your calling yeah um and that was when I was like okay well let's purchase the website and started doing all these things when I had time from my full-time job um but I, I think that my business is a testament to when you are passionate about something and you start leaning into that purpose, yeah. things just keep coming your way. For sure. For sure. Especially when you create the open door for people to know you like while you sleep. Like I love the fact that websites help you make make connections while you sleep. You know, and so it's not just you hustling to the point where you're having to tell so many people, um, word of mouth works for sure. But it's like when you take it seriously and you get that website going, it's a major, it's a major pivot moment, you know? It is. And 
to your point of word of mouth, how important it is, I've had friends who knew someone who was looking for something and and we were, you know, maybe all part of the organization and I'm quietly helping out and they're looking for volunteers, but me and my humbleness or me and my fear, which I'm still not 100% sure what was keeping me quiet, I wouldn't volunteer. But I had friends who would say, oh, let Jay do it. And then when asked for credentials, like my friends would run down the list of this is why she's qualified and I've experienced this, this, and this with her. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I I totally believe in word of mouth. um, And it definitely pinched me that this would be something I needed to do better when I read a book called Thou Shall Prosper. And it's written by a Jewish rabbi, but he basically talks about how our prosperity um, as young professional people or as business owners, entrepreneurs, comes when we get the confidence that whenever we go out around our friends, you know, whether we're at charitable events, mixers, parties, we should be very clear and confident about what we do and how we do it. That's not like we that's not like we open up the books and tell people exactly how we do what we do, but you should always be talking to people about what you do and say it with a level of pride. So that's how you get business. It happens naturally when you're always describing what you do. So, I completely believe in word of mouth marketing. Let me ask you this. Between entrepreneurship, and I know we only have like two minutes left, but between entrepreneurship... Well, actually, now that we're on the call, I can talk to you until I get to my meeting. So we have a little bit more time. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. I wanted to hear some aha moments and thought patterns you've had to overcome between resetting your career and starting a business. And I know that those are very intertwined in your story, but I think that they're, especially if you're, you, you you have expertise in career counseling. I would love to hear what you would say are some thought patterns that people need to overcome or thought patterns you've had to overcome with choosing your perspective, a healthy perspective on career, and then as well with transitioning to an entrepreneur. I think the number one thought that I had to overcome is this isn't a real thing. And so what I mean by that is when I was looking for a job, when I was looking for someone else to fund my career path, yeah, I had to look for a job that someone else had already created, a job that someone else thought was real. Yeah. But with my job, or with my, my job now as an entrepreneur, I get to decide what it is. Yeah. I get to decide what it looks like, and all I need to do is find people who have similar beliefs, Yep. Or believe enough in my belief that they're willing to pay for it. Right. Um, yep. And I think for me being, um, growing up in the inner city, being raised by a single mom who was a school teacher, which is a very well known, because everyone's going to school, and a very tangible career path. Part of what made being an entrepreneur so hard was that I didn't see anybody else doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only, there's probably only one person that I could um, say in my trajectory that defined their career for themselves. But even, um, even their entrepreneurship was based in a job that someone else saw value in because the 
foundation of their entrepreneurship was that they were a journalist. So, you know, they had their column that went out, and as long as they had that, they had a certain following that allowed them to do other things. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to do the other things without being a journalist or having this strong foundation of a job somewhere. Yeah, um, like if you're, if you're, basically what I'm hearing you say is if you are, it's a predominant thought pattern that if you have, if you are studied or have, uh, you know, your traditional training is within a certain profession that whatever you pursue will be within that profession. Right. But if you don't, if your interest or your passion doesn't align with a certain profession or a job description that's out there already, sometimes it, it can be a little bit harder to have the confidence to pursue it as a business idea. So I, I, I can feel what you're saying with that one for sure. Yes. That can be a very difficult thing for people to overcome. Yeah. Any more aha moments that you think were really, really um, sort of italicized in your mind or your journey of making career jumps? Um, I think my misery. <laughs> okay. And it was it was just a trend. And I yeah. think like in the beginning, I said I made a career of changing careers basically at one point in my life, and so. It didn't matter if I was a school teacher. It didn't matter if I was a financial service planner. It didn't matter if I was an office manager. I kept coming to this point of misery and unfulfillment. Yeah. And eventually I just had to say to myself that it's it's not these jobs. It's it, At some point it's not the job. It's not, And yeah. so whether I quit the job or got fired from the job, it was something that needed to happen because that w I wasn't good for that. I might have been good at it, but I wasn't good for it. And what I mean by that is mm. I was just a cog in the wheel. And if you put a cog, if you, you know, you put the mechanical system together, it'll keep going. It'll keep going. It'll keep going. Um, but it'll wear down. And sometimes you might have to replace stuff. And for me, like, I was a bad cog because I got worn out quickly because I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a drive. I'm, I'm not a button pusher. I'm not going to just keep pushing buttons. I needed to create. I needed to innovate. And even if it's not as deep as my issue was, I think that when you're not living your purpose, there always seems to be this more that you want. Or, you know, you have a job, and they're like, well, we've always done it this way, and everybody's okay with it because it's always been done that way. Yeah. But you're not. And so – you have to feed that creativity and find the your purpose and your passion in doing it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about even something as simple as like accounting, there's there's still creativity and innovation in the way that you help clients and the way that you prospect people. And if you're somewhere where they're like, oh, we send out mailers. How many people, I mean, I can go two weeks without checking my mail. So for me, that's not an effective form of marketing. And so if you're so frustrated that, your company only markets to people through mailers, then, you know, take that innovation that you have and go somewhere else and let it thrive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good aha moment. Uh, I can relate to that because I remember reading a book by, uh, his name is Daniel Pink. It was called Drive. And at the time I was working as an administrative assistant for a healthcare company, a large healthcare recruitment company. 
and they had just distributed this book to all of their executives to read actually their presidents and I read the book I just kind of like snagged it off the shelf of my president whom I was the assistant for and um read the book loved the book and my aha moment was the book talks about the book's subtitle is what really motivates us right um it, it basically talks about how we're not always motivated by money like there's parts of us depending on our personality that is motivated by autonomy creativity and purposeful sort of uh, meaningfulness and I I resonated with that because I felt like what I was desiring in my own career shift was more autonomy right was more of the ability to create something that wasn't there or create something that reflected me better rather than just being a cog like you put it so that's something I really share with you as well. So here's some rapid fire questions that are more like quick answer off the go. What you think on this, on these, on the topic of career set and um, career reset and starting a business. You ready? Ready. Okay. What is your best tip on finding a new job? Talk to people. You stop getting on the computer, putting out a hundred resumes and hearing nothing back because that burns you out quickly. Yep. Uh, expand your network, find out what companies are hiring. Love Go it. that route. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of people get the mistake that if they, that filling out a form online is more efficient with their time and makes them feel like they're putting themselves out there in a lot more ways than showing up to a networking event or actually showing up to a business and introducing themselves. Um, but it's actually, it's funny how much the humanness of finding a job has decreased in light of the internet, you know? Right. But even, um, even if you think about it, going to, so if you're an accountant, go to the accountant's association monthly meeting and network with those people. Right. Yep. So that when you when when a job comes up at that company, you can you still go on on the computer and you apply. So you tell your friend, "Hey, I applied for this job. Do you know any pointers?" Yep. Um, but also, if you apply for a job, Google the company. Yeah. And most of the people who make decisions, their website is listed. Email them and say, hey, I'm, I applied for this job. I'm really interested. Could you tell me more about your company? Because people respond to you going the extra step. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's another question. Second question. You ready? Ready. Best piece of advice you've ever heard on crushing an interview? Um, go on the interviews for jobs that you don't want because they're practice for the jobs that you do want. <laughs> I've never heard that. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, rapid fire question number three. What's the best tip you've ever heard on negotiating salary? Um, the best tip on negotiating salary. Know your values. Okay. Okay. How do you, how would you, how would you encourage people to know their value? Um, so don't, 
Yeah. 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 All right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever heard about career success? The best piece of advice I've heard about career success. You get to decide what success is. Yep. Personally define it. Yeah, you definitely own that in your one for living. Yep. And what what success quote motivates you? Like what's something that you have always turned to that's a song or success quote? Song or success quote? Um, I think it was like Bob Dylan or one of the Beatles or something like that. Um, and he said, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I told them happy. And they told me I didn't understand the question and I told them they didn't understand happy. There's something along those lines. I'm probably misquoting it. Um, but the, the older I get and the more insight I have to who I am, at the end of the day, I want to be happy. So I don't want to be a multi-millionaire CEO at a top Fortune 100 company and be miserable. Right. Um, you know, wherever my happiness lies, whether I'm single, I'm married, I have kids, I don't have kids, I'm working, I'm unemployed, I'm an entrepreneur, I work for someone else, I just want to be happy in any and everything, in any and anyone, uh, detracting from my happiness just has to go. I love it. And I have to be comfortable with that. And that's a really hard thing, especially like I remember uh, one time being in a relationship and he was a good guy, like respectful, kind, caring. But he he wanted to live in the city that he grew up in for the rest of his life. He had never been out of the country and didn't really have a desire to leave the country. Um, and, I, and that was so opposed to everything I am. Yeah. And so while... It was a good relationship. It was it was horrible because I was not happy because I was like a caged role. And you know, there's nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with him, but you gotta let go of what doesn't make you happy. And so in that instance, I had to be okay with letting go of this seemingly good guy that all my friends loved, all my family loved, because I wasn't happy. And I, was, I will say that the people closest to me, the people who really were my diehards, they saw my unhappiness. They were, they were like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to break up with him because he's a good guy, but he was not good for you. Because, at any you know, you want to travel, you want to do this, you're very creative, and he's very grounded. And there's, there's certain things, balance, where, you know, you might be super creative and your partner might be super organized, but then there is a distance in that that can create an imbalance in your life. So, how does that be okay with letting go of things that don't make you happy, even when they seem like something you should be happy with or you should be doing? Cool. I like that. I like that quote. I'm going to look that up. That was good. So, the last question is, what book would you recommend, Jay, to the She She Ventures tribe and why? What book? Um, so I'm going to go with two books. Okay. And one of them is Who Moved My Cheese? That's a good book. And I'm sure a lot of people have recommended it 
but it's really for me, and I and I recommend people read books more than once. So if you read Who Moved My Cheese, read it again. And this time, consider something new or something different about the book, um, particularly the looking for satisfaction in the same place you used to. So the big thing about Who Moved My Cheese was that the mouse kept going back to the same spot trying to find cheese. That yeah. was what stuck and resonated with me. And so sometimes you have to be brave enough and bold enough to look in other directions for what you found. You know, my happiness today isn't going to be found in the same place that my happiness was found a year ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the second book I would recommend is actually anything that has nothing to do with personal development, but something that you can escape into, that you can forget the outside world, that you can forget your to-do list, but something that is just pure enjoyment for you. So if it's those you know, cheesy romance novels, if it's Harry Potter, if it's Air Jerome Dickey, whatever it is, it's going to let you escape for a little while and forget life. Because far too often we get caught up in trying to achieve and we forget to enjoy. That's true. That's helpful for me. That's really good. That's really, really good. Where can people find you if they're interested in your business or with consulting with you? Um, so my website is oneforliving.com. So that's the number one spelled out, O-N-E, four F-O-R-E, living, L-I-V-I-N-G.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at One for Living and on Facebook at the number one and then F-O-R-E, living. Gotcha. Well, great. I wish you so much success and thank you so very much.